Well, good morning, everyone. I guess it's afternoon now. Oh, for, geez, really losing track of things. It's it's that whole time change, man. It just messes me up. The springtime change really also screws me up. Yes. I'm on I'm on Pacific Coast time, so it's still morning for me. For something in my mind thought that you were going to say pistachio time. Yeah, I'm, I'm also on I'm, I'm also time. on pistachio time. <laughs> That's what they're. At. I, I I think I knew this before, but I saw some you know image on the internet. It was like Australia has four different time zones, one yeah. of which is like half hours. How the fuck do they do that? That's uh, confusing. They do that in uh, the Maritimes too. There's a half hour time zone. Wow, that's wild. Mm, I couldn't keep track of that. We're calling that pistachio time. That messed yeah. me up. Pistachio time. Pistachio. Yeah. Well, you, you, you all might have noticed that I've got a, a, a brace on my arm, and I, I want to talk about it to build awareness. It's a laser blaster. It's like a cannon, like a Mega Man. Like no, that. that's ridiculous. No. So uh, let me just take a step back here. Um, this is a common injury with people who throw javelin, right? They, they, they t- your, your arm really mechanically isn't meant to throw a javelin. I have not been throwing javelins, mind you, or spears or anything like that. Um, my problem is... I can never stop doing the Arsenio Hall whoop, the mm. whoop or the woof. Yeah. Is it woof or whoop? I can never remember. I think it's whoop. Like whoop whoop. Yeah. I thought it was whoop whoop, but I, I see woof woof too on the internet. Well, that's and, just ridiculous. Yeah. It seems like there's some contention there. Well, anyway, you know, the, the fist pump. That's, that's like the Berenstein, Berenstein bears thing, the whoop <laughs> or the wolf. So I've been fist doing the, the Arsenio Hall fist pump mm-hmm. too hard for too long. Wow. And now I'm reaping the consequences. Right. Oh, that's, and also, you've been mostly doing it because Bill Clinton keeps showing up at your house and playing the saxophone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish he'd stop. I don't, <laughs> I don't want you around, Bill. Yeah, right, just, just playing endless whisperer. <laughs> Bill, no amount of this can make up for what you've done. Well, I hope that brace uh, helps your fisting going forward. I, I hope that it you know makes that feel better for you. It is helping the fisting situation. Yeah. Of course. Which is what I call what you do in the whoop whoop. I don't know any other definition of what fisting could be. Right. That's, don't mind me. I'm just going to Urban Dictionary to change the definition real quick. <laughs> just put a picture of Arsenio Hall there. <laughs> wow. And now, and it's woof woof now. <laughs> it's woof woof. Oh, it's been a minute since. Oh, we're the we're the Square Podcast. Uh, it's Reed, Jim, Snake, mm-hmm. the gang. It's been a minute since we've done a news of the week. Yeah, the news, the the news. It's it, has the news been newsing? We you probably thought that we gave it up for Lent. No, the news happens when we say it happens. Yeah, the news still is newsing, believe it or not. And so, so are we. We're squaring. We're we're doing our thing here and uh, our thing today, boys. We got some stories in the hopper, some that are a little bit older, but you know, we know you people don't read the news. Mm-hmm. We, we know you don't watch TV. You, mm-hmm. you barely look at the internet. Uh, everybody, the, the short attention span, nobody even looks mm-hmm. at the internet. I can't even watch an internet video for like 10 seconds anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm on my phone all the time. Right. Really? No, I, I don't have that problem. I will watch hours long videos on someone like restoring an old bicycle. I'm that type of person. Oh, you're the ASMR of like the video. That type of ASMR, not the weird kinky type. You know what I mean? There's, I got to make that distinction. Yeah, I, I, things I'm genuinely interested in, I like to watch like the shorts on YouTube. Oh. Stuff that I don't want to admit to watching, I'll watch like a 30 minute video of like a guy cleaning a carpet. <laughs> but like, but like if it's if it's a poker video, I only watch the short like the 30 second version. You know what else is interesting? The guy who power washes driveways. <laughs> yes. Is, somehow great to watch 
I'll, the, the long form stuff I watch, I'll watch like Summoning Salt, like his uh, video game speed record mm-hmm. videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that shit, yeah, man. That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the actual news here in Western New York and not on YouTube. We have a unionization effort here, Jim. Yeah, uh, best self-behavioral. The mental health workers there, the counselors, the social workers, uh, look like they're going to be unionizing or, or putting some efforts. Cat kind of got out of the bag a little early because a letter from uh, Senator Sean Ryan's office supporting the unionization efforts, I think, came out before they announced that they were going forward with them. But um, Whoopsie. Yeah. yeah. Good luck to them. Uh, I'm that is a field where unionization efforts greatly needed because the pay is just so abhorrent for you know people who have master's degrees and lots of experience and they'll be like major how's, societal gap there right how's how's thirty thousand dollars a year for you how's that sound yeah yeah it's just wild to me that that field which is so like vital um in so many ways for, for society really to function, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's so underpaid. And I mean, part of that, I, I don't know. I don't know the particulars and the ins and outs, but I mean, part of it's like there are companies like Best Self that are just, we are the company, that's it. Like there's very little, it seems, may, and maybe a listener will hear this and be like, no, idiot, there's a ton of competition out there. But it feels like there's not a lot of competition. You either like go into a private practice which is much smaller or you you go to something like this and you know this is where you work and it's it's very hard for you to um your your labor to like go on the market right like it's harder to find other employers uh that'll pay more competitive wages well i mean it's the the tough thing is is that you know one of the main competitors for say a, a private nonprofit like or whatever organization best self is tends to be or used to be often like government yeah, uh, social workers. But the problem is, is that especially around here is that, you know, Erie County went in the 2000s and the early 2000s, like 10 or 11 years without a, a new contract for their white collar workers and really depressed the wages. So they weren't competitive anymore. Plus, they didn't they've never valued those workers very highly in, in the first place to begin with. You know, they had them at like job grade sixes or job grade sevens, which, you know, we're paying pretty low. But it's a field where like the nonprofit sector in general and mental health in general, uh, a lot of times, you know, because the, they say, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't do it for the paycheck. You do it because you love it. Bullshit. You, you should also get paid. At least a living wage. Right, Not to yeah. get rich. No one's doing that to get rich, right? Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, what's interesting to me, by the way, is like we've obviously seen um, a lot of unionization efforts here in Buffalo, Western New York, and nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see maybe even like a year down the line what that ends up looking like. Yeah, you know? I, I was listening to NPR this week, and they were talking about how uh, unions are kind of having a moment right now in that like it's like a 60-year high for like approval of unions in the United States. That said... The percentage of the people in the United States who are members of unions is still at like an all-time low. Yeah, let's change that. Yep. I should clarify a living wage for having a master's degree because you get so screwed with the interest and the and the debt. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Thirty thirty k is a joke for that for those kind of credentials. Right. Moving on, we are in the midst, Jim and Snake, of political petition season. Get your petition signed. Get them in, get them hot, get them fresh. Yeah. You want to be on that ballot, baby. Well, it's it's nominating season for the 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 parties, the right. parties that exist. There's going to be a second season after this for people who want to create their own parties, the independent nominating petitions. Uh, but yeah, if you're if you're running and the D 
R, C, or WFP lines, uh, it's time for you to get those petitions out. It has been a really rough with terrible weather season for you like oh yeah you know and this is because of the federal government pushing new york to move their their federal election the their primaries to june or or they're moving the federal primary so that everything was happening at the same time um as elsewhere so that because we used to do petitions in june and everything for the primary in september uh, but now that the federal government was like, well, no, 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 you have to be able to have everything done ahead of time so that we can match the rest of the country. Word is establishment Dems are uh, not doing well. People are tired of signing petitions, especially for the establishment folks. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's also tough just to get people to go out because the weather's been so fucking terrible. It's been bad. We went out a handful of times, Diamond Jim, right? Yeah. And we had, what, one nice day? Yeah. It was miserable the rest of the time. Right. And then the one nice day we had because the weather's been so miserable. No, it was fucking home because like they're like, well, it's we finally got one nice day. We'll go do something. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of thing. Not the kind of thing. I mean, there, there are other factors, but petitioning is one of the things that separates real candidates or, you know, serious candidates, I should say. From Um, Nate. From what? From Nate. From Nate. Oh, well. Well, see, and that's the thing. Nate didn't even get to this point in this race, right? He he knew that he was just a fucking clown, so he didn't actually go out and try to petition. Instead, he's still taking pot shots at, uh, you know, our, our beloved chairman, Mark, mm-hmm. um, on Twitter. But, I mean, again, like, you have to have volunteers committed. You have to have an organization. You have to be willing to be out there on crappy days mm-hmm. and hit the doors. Um, and you have to be able to inspire your volunteers to do that. A lot of times why you see the establishment candidates just be the ones that, you know, end up being the ones on the ballot more often than not. It's just because they're the ones willing to do it. Well, I mean, that, and, and like, there's no, like who else is going to do it? You know, well, they, they, they also have the, the backing, like they'll have like the committee. And so like, you know, like if you're a challenger, maybe you have like 10, maybe really devoted volunteers, but you only have like 10 people doing petitions. Whereas like, you know, if you're in the town of Amherst and you're the endorsed candidate for a townwide office in Amherst and they have 200 committee members, even if they do shitty jobs, you just have way more people out there doing petitions for you. Right. But at one point in your career, you were somebody that was like, you went out and did it and you like established it. You, you know what I mean? Like a, a lot of these like establishment candidates, I'm not defending them in any way. I'm just saying like there is a method to the madness, how they get to be. Establishment yeah. Especially like local offices, like town, county, that type of stuff. Like you or even like the state assembly stuff. Like you, you got there because you were the person willing to, to do the work, you know, a, Tim Kennedy probably doesn't do a lot of his own petitions now, right. but when he was a county legislator, he certainly did. Right. And I mean, again, you think a lot of these people, you're like, oh, they're fucking morons. They're, you know, their legislative capabilities are, are slim to none. You might be right, but they actually like hit the doors at one point in their mm-hmm. career. Um, they rallied people together in crappy weather, you know? So you, you have to kind of factor into this stuff when we talk about um, these electoral things, because like we think about them as, as grandiose sometimes, like ideas and, um, you know, we're, we're talking about like, oh, your political beliefs, yada, yada. And, and I'm sure that uh, many of, you know, many of our elected officials do have strong political beliefs one way or the other. But 
the genesis of it was like they hit the doors like they yeah. they were knocking doors they were doing petitions they they weren't thinking about maybe they were maybe that was what was motivating them to go out and hit the doors is that you know they believed in x cause or you know they're democrat liberal republican socialist or whatever but it's just hard work a lot of it. it and what that means to you i don't know like if you're like well that sucks you have a bunch of idiots who are just willing to be drones knocking doors and all of a sudden they're state senators well, that's on you, but I mean, a lot of a lot of it is still like retail retail politics, especially at the local level, matters. Like, you know, um, you know, when we talk about like the influence of money in elections, we're talking like federal elections, and and you know, and it's it's you're seeing it at the, obviously like the governor's race and state elections to a certain degree, but like you know, like yeah, sure, Kennedy has five million dollars, but you know, like you know, Bill Conrad has like twelve thousand dollars. Like he, it is not a big money campaign, and that you know that trickles down like for town races and for county ledge races. Like people aren't pumping tons of money into those, so you have to get out with your volunteers or yourself and knock on doors. Like you know, like you're probably running a county ledge campaign. Everything, all your mail, your any radio ads. You're probably not doing TV ads because you can't afford them for like thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, and again, like. I'm sure there's some level of ideology there, obviously, but you're right. It's retail politics. That's why when we talk about electeds and why constituent services, why a guy like Joe Golombek, for instance, um, a guy we don't really care for, but um, has been on top of his constituent services for years. That's why he doesn't usually have challengers. Right. Uh, Yeah, there's been a variety of reasons, but that was something that like he at least had built up like his first couple of terms uh, in office that he was good at constituent services. Uh, It seems like maybe it's that's not as been as true the last five, six years. Uh, But, you know, he had that reputation and that that helped provide a kind of barrier against people challenging him because he was uh, like the the council member who did so much constituent service another person who was famous for that was kevin helfer when he was university district council you know kevin helfer the last republican who was elected to council in the city of buffalo and actually ran as a conservative um and he only won because he was able to get his Democratic opponent thrown off the ballot, so he was the only candidate. But then he got one. He run. He won re-election as a conservative, as a Republican in university because he was well known for his constituent service. Yep. So you can go a long way. Uh, it's a long preamble for this. But you can go a long way just kind of doing the work and listening to your constituents, regardless of your ideology or political beliefs. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but. To inject a little ideology into this, uh, gentlemen, we do have endorsements on the local level from the Working Families Party. So Working Families, liberal, left of center, however you want to classify them. Um, I don't think they themselves would ever classify themselves as socialists, but you know, a lot of people who... I don't think they can classify themselves as liberal either. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, like I said, left of center, mm-hmm. this weird gray zone of whatever you want to call it. Um, but they, they put out some endorsements. Mm-hmm. So our friend of the pod, Matt Deering, received an endorsement uh, as a candidate in the Ellicott Council District race in the city of Buffalo. Yep. Eve Shippens Uh, as well. Eve Shippens in North and uh, India Walton in Maston. Yep. Yep. uh, Picking up the endorsements from the Working Families Party. Uh, You know, good for those candidates. I mean, that, that, that means that they'll be on the ballot in November regardless. And, you know, but that hopefully that that's the type of thing that should help a candidate with fundraising and uh, people taking them seriously because they, they they got that line. Now, for my money, I don't think it's any surprise that Eve Shippens 
receive that nomination. Um, I don't even think Joe Golombek would pursue it. But uh, Matt Deering getting it, I mean, that seems like it's a, a pretty big coup for him mm-hmm. um, with, with what could be a crowded race. I mean, giving him a, a little bit more legitimacy um, from the WFP. I also think that while it's no surprise that India Walton received it because in large part, I mean, she works for the WFP. It had to be a consideration for WFP uh, endorsing uh, a candidate who's going against Tim Kennedy's a protege, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, in Zanette Everhart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly a, a tougher position than they probably expected to be in like four months ago when they expected it to be Wingo as the incumbent. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, not surprised. Um, I, th- I think you, the expectation would be that they go with India. Um, she has a track record of uh, adhering to their values and the, their ideology. Everhart, yet to see exactly where she stands on some issues, so... Um, not a surprise there. Yeah. I mean, again, not a surprise, but you're right. It is a much tougher position for them now than it might have been in December when mm-hmm. they thought, you know, we're going to run against Ulysses Wingo. Pretty right. easy. Now we're going against uh, Tim Kennedy, which these things have ramifications, right? Like this is one race, but at the same time, now you're potentially drawing the ire of Tim Kennedy. And so in the future, you know, he might not work with you. On the state level. I mean, again, yeah. it could be a minor consideration. He yeah. might understand that it's just the nature of the beast, that they have to endorse Cindy Walton. But yeah. these are bigger organizational things you have to kind of account for when you're looking at, like, endorsements on this micro level. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I agree. I I, I don't remember if uh, Kennedy uh, pursued the Working Families line last election, last year. Uh, I, can't, I can't recall offhand. Um, so, you know... There, there might be, whatever. I mean, it, that'll all come out in the wash. Yeah, for sure. So we'll keep an eye on it as, uh, again, as the petitions uh, roll out. But I think for Matt Deering, it's probably the biggest, um, you know, it's going to be a huge help to his campaign to have one, have the working families. And we'll see, by the way, how much uh, they invest in each of these individual races. They could nominate or they, you know, they could say, "Hey, we are endorsing these candidates." I mean, but how much actual resources and on the ground stuff will and, and money will they provide? Mm-hmm. Um, but especially for the Deering race, I mean, again, with that crowded field, you, uh, they could put a lot of resource into it. But even if it's just enough to help push him past the post, and he already has his own organization, it yeah. could be a huge deal. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, the legitimacy of it is is really a big deal for anybody who's a, a candidate who's a challenger. For sure. With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and and just really sharp. It it takes the classic American lager and and we we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen. Uh, TC Wheelers, guys, what's going on with yeah, uh, our uh, favorite Tonawanda city? Of, Tonawanda. City of Tonawanda. City of Tonawanda. City sorry, Tonawanda. Yeah, don't don't be smirched the town of Tonawanda. Yeah, I won't this. impugn your good name, town of Tonawanda. Uh, uh, well, we sh- we should have our city of Tonawanda correspondent Jason Knight on to talk about this. <laughs> Not uh, a bad fish fry, but they are terrible on trans rights. Yeah, uh, they uh, they're being sued. They had a uh, trans um, gender worker, uh, transgender man. Um, who was working for them, and apparently the owner and staff 
just constantly were like berating, Terrible. saying saying you're not a real man, asking do you still have female parts, like just you know, unrelenting. Um, and this person, uh, uh, this man worked for them for four months, I, I think, uh, if I read this correctly. Uh, my reading comprehension is not great, but if if I read it correctly, uh, before they were just like, I just can't can't deal with this anymore. So hopefully TT Wheelers eat shit on this. Uh, yeah, it's awful. Let me baseline say it's awful. I'm not expecting um, most of the people working at my local pizza place to be knowledgeable on trans rights or like a- a- ask them to be scholars or academics. But what I am asking them to be is civil and to be human and, mm-hmm. you know, not treat uh, their coworkers like piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So I just on a baseline, like nobody's asking you to be quote unquote woke, um, you know, the woke pizza place or whatever. But we are asking you as a society to just treat them with the manners that you would treat literally any other fucking person. I mean, it really, the, the, the people at wise guys pizza feel great about this news. Like they, cause they were the last pizza player in the pizzeria in the news for not paying sales tax. And they owing like half a million dollars in sales tax. And now TC Wheeler is like, don't worry. We'll, 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 we'll draw all the attention away from you. You know, wise guys shouldn't have to pay tax. Their pizza's so good. I'm a big wise guys fan. Yeah. Tax is them for goodness of pizza. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the double the taxes on little Caesars. <laughs> now we're talking right. now we're starting uh, now we're starting a dialogue speaking of uh you know our, our friends in the lgbt community lbgtq community excuse me i can barely spit out that q nowadays we have big development the western new york pride center and evergreen health have turned down governor kathy hochel's request to be a part of the buffalo pride parade yeah hochel's really showing her cards here She's basically a centrist Republican, all the shit she's doing lately. Yeah. Well, so a lot of this stems from, was it 301B, that basically um, Hochul slashed it from the budget, um, which ended up cutting a lot of funding for places like Evergreen, a lot of healthcare providers for LGBTQ individuals here in New York. Yeah, it's it's part of the federal reimbursement for Medicaid costs, and uh, Hochul wants to keep excess funding the the medicaid the the, the federal Med- medicaid reimbursement my, my understanding is that they reimburse at a certain rate and if you're say an evergreen and you're able to do it for less than that rate you get to keep that extra money but it passes through the state's hands and hokel wants to keep that money and only give them what so it's filthy i mean and certainly you know we're still in that ripple effect of covid and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know obviously we're still in the covid era but certainly not as acute as we were say in 2020 or 2021 um i know that many of the states in america had to spend a lot of money during covid uh for a variety of reasons i know that they're hungry for money hence why we have marijuana legalization uh which we'll talk a little bit more about in a little bit um, how that's going but at the same time i mean you have these providers out there that are providing vital services. They, they rely on that money. They can't exist really without that kind of, of money. Well, well it's, it, there's a couple of things. Uh, one, you know, it's my, from looking at the state, you know, because of the American rescue stuff, basically ran a surplus last year and has a ton of money. Like they they shouldn't be as desperate for money as like they keep anticipating that a recession is coming because Kathy Hochul watches Fox news and, and thinks that the sky is falling. Um, and she's like, oh, well, there's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. Depending on which economist you want to listen to, is, is that's a question mark. But then the other thing is that because the Medicaid reimburses at a set rate, you're incentivized if you're an, a, an organization that gets this reimbursement to try to hold your costs down and you know, and, and work with people so that you can be incentivized to keep that extra money. And now if you're Evergreen or any organization – 
You're incentivized to say, fuck it. We'll just pay the full rate and eat shit in New York State. And that's what they should. If, if she actually goes through with this and holds this money back, that's what they should do is like say, all right, fine. Like, yeah, we instead of being $1,000, we were able to get this for 200 But now we're just paying $1,000. If we can't have the money, neither can you. Eat shit, Kathy Hochul. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes, but back circling back to the pride parade, I mean, what is the consideration? So, and, and again, it's a principled stance, certainly by the pride center and by evergreen health and, you know, applaud, applauding. I will applaud them for taking a principled stance. Will this have any practical repercussions? Like, will they suffer? Um, I mean, you're turning down the governor to be part of the parade, the governor from Western New York, from Buffalo. Will they face any I mean, I guess they're already like staring down the barrel of all these cuts that are coming to them. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like from the rumor that this is not this is the first of many parades that Kathy Hochul is going to be not invited to um, by different organizations. So unless she's going to turn it full Nixon and have a, an enemies list, uh, it's just going to it's going to be tougher to to whack them all. All the people who are going to tell her that uh, thanks, but no thanks, Kathy Hochul, we don't want you in our parade. Is she just this bad at politics? Like, what's going on with her? Yeah. I, I just don't understand how you can be this bad at politics. I mean, it all started with the LaSalle thing, right? Mm-hmm. Why are you alienating yourself, putting yourself on an island like this? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I'll never dismiss, you know, we, we've talked about it before. You know, being, I I don't want to say that being a, a woman in, in a leadership role is a different constraint. Um, as a leader, you still have to be mindful of politics and how things play out. I also think there is a lot, of different pressures on you. So I don't want to dismiss that at the same time though, there really seems to be so many unforced errors coming from Hochul and her camp. And it just strikes me that while yes, she was a Lieutenant governor of of New York state, certainly a high ranking position. Politically speaking, she is relatively a neophyte, Jim, you know, she's like, I know she, like, look, how many big campaigns has she had to run? How many, like... I mean, she was a member of Congress. She she was. She was. I just, this just smacks of, like, I don't know. Like, how do you piss off the LGBTQ community as a Democrat? Well, I mean, this, the, this bad yeah, thing. The problem, is, is Ryan mentioned earlier, is that maybe she's essentially like a 90s Republican. She just happens to have the D next to her name. She's got a lot of billionaire friends. I mean, I think any... Any Democrat, any governor of New York is going to have a lot of billionaire friends. Uh, it's just right, kind sure. of the nature of the, the world. Right, but, yeah, but, but you, you you don't have to be as conservative as she is. For sure. I, on that, we both agree. And again, like alienating the LGBTQ community here in New York. Look, she beat Lee Zeldin, uh, relatively barely beat Lee Zeldin, all things considered. Um, we'll see what happens next time around. Right, I mean, she underperformed a generic dem. Yes. So... Uh, Below yeah. replacement level. Yeah. We do have somebody who will invite Kathy Hochul to a parade. <laughs> is he going to be on our campaign staff? <laughs> oh, God. The oh. So in this age of viral videos and, you know, TikTok and, uh, you know, things kind of uh, flash in the pan on the Internet. This one kind of went national viral. It certainly went local viral anyway. Uh, we're talking, of course, about... Uh, a Chictawaga tough guy of sorts, Jim. Yeah, the Chictawaga tough guy. At <laughs> not the, the good kind either. Not the good kind of Chictawaga tough not guy. The good kind, no, no, uh, no. The the Aldi's racist. So my understanding is that what, he rear-ended another vehicle in the parking lot. I know there was some kind of accident in mm-hmm. the parking lot, which led to the filming. So uh, the person whose vehicle was hit, you know, went up to him and filmed him, and then 
uh, from there we had a series of. Well, it's, no, it was, uh, even then he wasn't filming. It was after the first racial remark. He that's when the guy was like, "Oh, I, I better get my camera out and, and film this." Right, and he did, and uh, this gentleman went. I mean, he, he dropped some. He hard, he really went full Nazi. Yeah, hard ends, yeah. and you know, yeah. Not not much to say other than I mean, you know, these guys are around. We don't often catch them on viral videos because right. most people aren't saying the n-word in public and right yeah no they're they're usually saying that at their elks club right. <laughs> well, i guess there are charges against them now yeah like, yeah so i don't know if it was stems from the accident and then the racial tirade after that but uh yeah he's he's in some trouble which is good yeah and there's a name out there we're not i'm not gonna say his name yeah. i think they'd be giving him too much how about motherfucker yeah fucking yeah. moron mm-hmm. well moving on from uh from the racist uh, guys yeah so I didn't know about the story. Jim, you brought this to our attention. The city of <laughs> Buffalo is suing Kia. Kia and Hyundai for basically not caring that their cars are easy to steal. Now, if you've been paying attention or you, you even just talk to somebody at your work or wherever, work, school, yada, yada, you've probably heard that, hey, Hyundai's and Kia's are being jacked left and right because of some kind of security measure that makes it yeah. extremely easy to break into the cars. In the late teens, if you've got a Hyundai or Kia that starts with a key, not a push button, you can hook up some USB dongle and kids are learning on TikTok on how to steal these things. The response from these automakers is, we're going to give everyone the club. You familiar with the club? Yeah, oh, I remember, remember the, the, club. the club. So they get this big ass club to put on their steering wheel as a deterrent, Yeah, which does work. It's a solution. I mean, if you know what else is, I could just sleep in my car. (laughs) Yeah, you could. Yeah. Save on rent. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that just doesn't seem to cut it, frankly, if you're a, you know, I I know. I mean, if you're talking all your cars, I know Hyundai and Kia are going to take a bath uh, so hard, a haircut, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to say that they're about to be fucked. Yeah. um, That you might just be like, here's a club because this is all we can afford right now because we are so royally fucked right it's very funny the city of buffalo is leading this charge though yeah, yeah. And, uh, i mean i i don't know if the city of buffalo is leading this charge i didn't look in to see if any any other, any other municipalities have already sued okay um but yeah city of buffalo is like what the fuck like we're just chasing around like the kia boys who are like you know <laughs> documenting on social media that they're stealing all these cars yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you know like the cops they're probably like deluged with Kia and Hyundai vehicles being stolen constantly. And, you know, that's a real concern, honestly. Like, if you're the city, I mean, that does cost a lot of time, man hours. Uh, You know, if you recover these cars, you have to store them. And it's a lot. Right. I mean, I have a a friend uh, that they have two vehicles. One of them is a Kia. So they've taken to, like, making sure that they park the Kia first and that they park the other car behind it so that the Kia can't get out if if somebody does break in to try to steal it. That's smart. That's that's what Kia and Hyundai should do is just buy everybody a second car. Everybody, yeah, there you go. Everybody, everybody gets a Fiat to park behind your Kia so, so it doesn't get stolen. Just give them a sweet deal on a trade-in or something. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I again, I don't know the logistics of a lot of this stuff, but I know it's going to be pretty bad for them. If all their cars are getting broken and stolen left and right, pretty bad. And usually when cars you know, like were like have been high targets for being stolen it's because there's been a lot of them out on the market and they want to get chopped up for parts this is just big for lulls yes that's right i'm not sure what stage of capitalism we're at where you steal cars for lulls but the joker yeah yeah we were at the joker stage. no 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 joker fight utes no no i killed the bus driver 
<laughs> so we have, you know, St. Patrick's Day is, is come and gone. Right. But we have a little bit of stolen Irish valor. It's a magical time where Polacks can uh, become honorary Irishmen. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are, of course, referring to County Executive Mark Poland cars receiving, was it Hamburg's? Hamburg's Irishman of the Year. Hamburg's Irishman of the Year award bestowed upon him. Uh, it was in honor of the late, great Pat Hoke uh, uh-huh. in Hamburg. This year's recipient was, yes, Chairman Mark. Uh-huh. Ch- and, and <laughs> Marco Poland cars. And now it's something for someone like me to strive for. Right. I bet you could you could easily be Hamburg's Irishman of the Year. You don't even live there. Yeah. You think so? You really think so, Reed? I I mean, look, Mark Polencars doesn't live in Hamburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. He's not, I mean, he might be Irish somewhere in his lineage, but he right. certainly is not front-facing Irish. If I win, uh, I will paint that hamburger myself. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's something to strive for. Um, obviously, you know, this is a little bit of political log rolling. Or, I don't know. Like It's two guys who are like, oh, yeah, Mark, we, we want to honor you as you go into your... Uh, race this year you know there's politics behind it right also i mean it's a big deal from it's not a big deal but it's it's a deal for like randy hoke to give this to mark Poland cars and to kind of set himself up even further as like a a guy in the democratic party i mean maybe also like they give this away as, as a fundraiser dinner for them to make money so you want to give it to somebody who's gonna who is a draw. You're not picking like the guy who uh, you know works at the corner store and nobody knows. Like so, m- maybe he's deserving, oh. but you're not picking him as Irishman of the Year because nobody's gonna buy tickets to come see him. But they're gonna come see the county executive. Wait, so way to burst my bubble. Damage. So I mean the the uh, the Republic the East Erie County GOP does is they do they uh, a Lincoln leadership dinner every year where they give away like their Lincoln Republican of the Year every year. Right. And it's never somebody who's tall with a beard. It's somebody who will sell tickets. All right. I, I got Listen, I've got a pitch why you should be the Hamburg Irishman of the year. Ready? I'm listening. Okay. St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. Okay. Correct. Now, now you can be the Irishman of the year because they can come. The draw would be, do you want to see the snake? I, I thought the, the Irishman of the year would be Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> well, also St. Patrick wasn't Irish, right? He wasn't, but like like I said, you could be like, hey, do you so, want to see the snake that St. Patrick drove out of Ireland? Yeah. Here I am. Here I am, baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get it. Well, we're talking green. We're uh, on the topic of green. Uh-huh. The, you know, the good stuff. The area is going to have its first dispensary. Yep. Hell yeah. On native, on technically native land. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Up in uh, Niagara Falls. That's right. Progress is, is uh, slow, but you know moving forward yep uh but there is well let me clarify all this land is native land yeah you know right right. currently native owned right yeah right uh but no there was uh there was that lawsuit that was um preventing the state from going forward with handing out uh dispensary licenses across the state judge came in with an injunction and said this only applies to the finger lakes area which where the the lawsuit originated the rest of the state uh smoke them if you got them boys uh so (laughs) The state gets to move forward with uh, handing out their uh, licenses to the dispensaries that they want across the rest of the state. Uh, sorry, everybody in Canandaigua. Yeah, and I mean, there's been a bold gambit of sorts by a lot of, you know, small shops, certainly in downstate. I mean, New York City, there's like fucking shops on every corner and more. Um, we do have some of that here in Buffalo and West New York, obviously. But it, it will be interesting to see, like, they popped up because, like, 
look, it's it's legal here. All of this stuff on the back end about selling it has taken a long ass time to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see what the state's response will be to shops that have set up before we have, you know, been officially handing out yeah. dispensaries. Right. But it's, it, because like while the one in Niagara Falls, like by the casino is like a high profile, like opening of a dispensary, there's been dispensaries on uh, native land, like the, the current native property mm-hmm. that, uh, for a while now. Irving. Yeah. yeah. If you go to, if you go to Irving, you can, I mean, you can't go like 10 feet without taking another dispensary. There's yeah. the one that's got like the Willy Wonka themed sign, yeah, yes. and I, I am sure that that is not appropriately licensed. No, no, I. It it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the state does because I mean it seems to obviously highly value these licenses. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it's like uh, it's taking a long time, and I I don't know if they're planning on going after these businesses. I don't know if these businesses know if they're going to be you know surviving <laughs> much longer once the state kind of lays down the hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with it's interesting because like you know we saw like flynn last year say like he's not really going to pursue like charging a lot of these places because you know as far as he's concerned it's kind of a gray area but then they did it they have gone down and and shut down some of these sticker shops so uh even law enforcement isn't sure what the hell to do yeah it's notable by the way that at least as far as i know there's a lot of head shops um that are and i'm thinking places like uh what's that place well, there's Art of Glass. Yeah. Art of Glass. But what's Terrapin the one downtown? Station. Terrapin Station. What's the one downtown oh, by Elmwood? Man, I don't know. I can't think of it. To my knowledge, they're not selling. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not. like. They, I think they've identified that, like, look, we're too big of businesses. Um, this is not something that we want to risk right now, selling cannabis at this point. So they will sell products and accessories, but they don't sell cannabis. Whereas a lot of the shops that are selling, I mean, are smaller operations. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, we're going to get in while the getting is good and then we'll risk the consequences down the line. Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen. And then, of course, obviously the folks on native land, I they're like, hey, what the fuck are you going to do to us in New York State? Right. Yeah. Come come and get us. Good. Right. Yeah. Good news. We have good news. Yeah. The library has restored their afternoon hours. Yes, they have. Yeah. They worked with a nonprofit to uh, provide some security services. Peacemakers. Peacemakers. Uh, Buffalo peacemakers um, to provide some uh, security services to to keep the rowdiness down so that there's a place for kids to go. It's good news. Yeah, and, yep. you know we, we we always get we always talk about a lot of bad news. It's, right. it's nice to have. Yeah, uh, it's great. They found a solution. Yeah, everyone's we're, better for it. We're we're happy about it. We we got a we got a couple uh, local interest things here, and I, I hope we're you know we we haven't uh, been newsing for a little bit, so hopefully if we missed anything big, you can yell at us or. Uh, send something to our, our mailbag that we never mm. check but um, but we do have what the sabers got a new goalie well a goalie from college devin levi yeah the is G- it levi or levy you Le- know i i i'm still not sure about yeah. that <laughs> yell at us on the discord levy makes more sense to me as a yeah. name mm-hmm. but it could easily be levi like the gene De- denim levi yeah i mean he's he's french canadian so who knows what yeah uh, how it, it goes oh, yeah. yeah um i had his uh, debut Sabres won. He crushed it. Yeah, and you he, know, one of the big things about this, and I think a lot of people are joking about it. I thought it was endearing and I thought it was great to see his meditation during breaks. Yeah. He will roll out to like center ice, you know, get down and, and uh, clear his mind. I thought that's cool as hell. Yeah. The Sabres have been missing an insane head case goalie. Like that, this is what exactly what, um, well, hold on. it's like the opposite of head case though. No, I promise you it's not. <laughs> this is exactly what this town 
and that team needed. So I am the minute I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, he's a real sicko. I am in. And I will. There is credence to your assumption that he is kind of a head case because in in, in a um, the interviews after the after the game, he's like, I love it. I love when they come and shoot at me, and I, yeah. I want it. And you know, he's just like glutton for that kind of punishment. Mm-hmm. He loves it. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to talk about the Sabers every week, but no, it is. Uh, it it's is notable. It is notable that we have just like an absolute freak. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, probably the most anticipated debut for a Sabres player since Jack Eichel. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and mm-hmm. it was it was packed uh, down by the arena. Um, I actually did not go to that night. I did not go see uh, Levy, Levi, whatever, play. I saw Tom Green at Helium. Oh, cool. How'd that go? I, I, it was fucking awesome. I, he he still got it. Yeah, he's I'm still sure very he funny. I mean, obviously, you know that a lot of uh, our fucking yokels here in in Buffalo are gonna shout out stuff like the Bum Bum song or do the backwards man or the sausage. Oh yeah, sausage. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, I was 28 years old, and the thing, the sum of my career, I'm 51 now. The sum of my career, <laughs> in one word, is is sausage. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. But he was extremely funny, and uh, you know, I I enjoyed it so. I missed uh, Devin doing sicko things, but mm-hmm. Tom Green was, was pretty notable for me. We do have a bunch of hot-ass concerts coming up at our park this year, too, by the way. Yeah, Concert Watch. Let's yeah, get to it, right? Yeah. So the Pixies and Modest Mouse. Uh, and Cat Power. And Cat Power. And Cat Power. That's right. All three on the ticket outdoors. Yep. yep. Tickets are $600 a, 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 a square inch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's – and I – I saw uh, the Pixies at, or not the Pixies, I'm sorry. I saw Modest Mouse at Art Park last year. They put on a very solid show. I think it's just the fact that it's the Pixies yeah. and, and Cat Power with them. I mm-hmm. mean, the Modest Mouse tickets last year were not that much, but now they're selling like a VIP package for $180 a head or oh, something. Oh, brother. Oh, boy. You get to meet Modest Mouse, hang out with Isaac Brock, which would be kind of cool. I don't know how long I'd want to be in a room with Isaac Brock. Yeah. But. Just a lot of Bukowski references. <laughs> I, don't get me started. Oh, about, here, I, don't get me started in the Bukowski. Uh, one of the all-time mo- most under misunderstood artists, writers of our time. Um, it's a joke. Everybody, nope. Everybody's like, all right. Here's why. I'm gonna give our square listeners. Let's go. Yeah, Let's let her rip. You know what? I'm gonna let her rip. Everybody's like, oh, Bukowski's bad because he's sexist and because he's this that. And it's like that's a character that he writes of himself. And you're like, oh, well, a lot of young, mo- a lot of young men find that. And they end up like trying to emulate that. It's like, well, yes, that's true. But also it's for like the mature reader to realize that it's like an outsized caricature. So if you're a teenage reader, you're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And this is how you treat women. But Bukowski was trying to satirize that in what actually happens in the rest of society. Mm -hmm. So a lot of young men will find that inevitably in a lot of other places. But the hope is like you read that and then you realize as you get older how ridiculous that is. Are you trying to say that some people didn't understand Fight Club? (laughs) Or Archie Bunker. (laughs) Yeah. Quiet down there, read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of Archie Bunker, somebody who was like probably old even when All in the Family was on, um, pour one out for, for the milkman. Yeah, uh, Mike Milky passed away. Uh, he did it the Milky way. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was, uh, uh, I had a couple of run ins with Mr. Milky. Uh, you, you, uh, Ree and I used to live like like across the street, basically from yeah. the old Elmwood Lounge, which became Milky's, uh, and we would hang out there. Yeah, end of an era. Um, you know, I I would say he was a nice guy, but he really wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna shit on him. It's but. a great place if you want to go get a wet hot dog. Yeah, 
he ran it. So I, you know, props to him that he would be up until all fucking hours of the night at the age of like 89 or something still work in the bar. Yeah. Um, which is insane. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe that that old man, um, frankly lasted that long, let alone like was able to maintain the business for as long as he did. I hope this doesn't mean that, you know, Milky's or the Elmwood lounge closes. I don't know what, who, whose hands it'll be in. No, I, I heard that it sounds like there's gonna be a transition to one of the staff there, uh, had already purchased part ownership beforehand. So sounds like it'll be, uh, continuing to exist as a, as a location, um, which would be great, um, you know, because, you know, it is a great place for local bands, for local comics, um, you know, so just a great gathering point. I'm sure it will inevitably be modernized uh, in some ways. Yeah. I, I hope not. I hope not too much. I hope that, uh, you know, whoever fully owns it now understands the appeal of having like a little bit of a throwback, a place that looks like it's out of the fucking 1970s. Don't right. throw away the Lance Diamond aura. Right. But... Don't feel ashamed if you have to fix the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, I think that is it for this week's episode of The Square. As always, you can... Uh, am I missing anything, guys, by the way, before we shut uh, it up? If you are, uh, I don't know. Uh, fuck them. Right. Yeah, uh, everybody watch college basketball this week. Everybody yeah. watch college basketball. Follow us on Twitter. It's baseball season. It's baseball season. Yeah, opening day this past week. That's yeah. great. And opening day for the Bisons next week. Well, yeah. it'll, it'll opening day for the Bisons will have passed by the time you guys listen to this. Cheer, cheer, cheer for the Bisons. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Uh, join our Discord. Our Discord is always popping, baby. It is popping. And that's where you get the goods. Uh, you're ahead of the curve of the news. You really want to know what's going on with your local aficionados of all things Buffalo, Western New York, etc., and other stuff, uh, join us on our Discord. Yeah, you've been updating the Instagram a little bit there, right? Uh, I, th- I think I threw something on there, right? When yeah. we went to uh, last week, the Black Iron Bistro. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a great conversation. We encourage you to patronize uh, our friends over at Black Iron Bistro. Hell yeah. Um, we will also have another inter- interview coming out. I don't know what the sequence is, so maybe you've already heard the other interview, or maybe you will hear it, but uh, we got another fun one playing for you. So stay tuned. Stay tuned.